The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome to Amplified. We have another exciting show um, here in Washington, D.C., and a lot of our guests are going to be from the Atlanta ATL area, so we're excited to bring them on very soon. Hey, Gita, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, and can't wait to introduce all our guests for today. Well, before we do, I just want to say that we have the Q Smiling book that's going to be coming out, second volume of the leaders, authors, speakers, and influencers in the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. We have to get a Keep Smiling book in Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta is hot with leaders, authors, and speakers. And we have proof of it because of the guests that are on the show today. Absolutely. Can't wait to introduce our first guest for today, Arun Checkmate Hudson. Arun Checkmate Hudson is an amazing father of six children. And today, just the eve of Father's Day, I just wanted to give a big shout-out to this amazing father. He's also the founder of Be Someone, Inc., a mentoring organization that has helped thousands of youths across the country. He's a chess champion, mentor, and number one Amazon best-selling author of One Move at a Time, How to Win at Chess and Life, and has won the Martin Luther King Jr. Award and the FBI Director's Community Leadership Award. A big warm welcome to Orin Checkmate Hudson. Over to hey. <laughs> That was the chess move, wasn't it? That was like the dance, the chess move dance, the way you did that? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we well, very one, fortunate. two, turn. You can do this. One, two, turn. <laughs> well, we're very fortunate to have had Sharon Frame and Gita uh, introduce us to you through the Leader Cast event that happened, I think, a couple months ago. And it, it, I think there's really a, a beautiful correlation between chess and leadership and really thinking to solve problems in the world. So I wanted to personally thank you for the stand you make as a leader in teaching our youth and adults on how to really think more powerfully, positively about solving problems that make the world better. Yep, to move ahead, you must think ahead. Chess teaches you how to think things through because you can make one move and uh, lose everything. So not everyone gets an upbringing where they learn about chess. What age were you that you learned about chess and who was the person that introduced you to it? Uh, my brother initially showed me the moves, but James Edge, a white teacher in an all-black high school, kind of mentored me for four years and taught me how to win in the game of life. And so I was about around, I think, about 14 years old. And uh, he was obviously an influence for many other students? Yes, sir. And, I, you know, my goal is to 
keep keep the fire alive and to reach a million young people and teach them how to choose peace instead of violence, brains before bullets. That's absolutely beautiful. So how can we help support you with that mission? Well, we have a GoFundMe page set up, and we're asking a, a local celebrity to match whatever we raise, and we're trying to uh, do more. We're doing a free wor- workshop this weekend, uh, Father's Day weekend, to kind of empower people to bring the family out and learn how to learn some secrets. Uh, I'm going to spill the beans on some secrets on how to win in chess. I shared with the audience the other day how I checkmated my opponent in two moves. It's called Fool's Mate, and um, I tell people all the time, whatever I do, you can do it, and nature is neutral. Surround yourself around people who makes you better. And, and how does one do that? I mean, we have an audience that's eager to hear. Can you give us a couple hints? you got to associate yourself with people who, who can bring value to you and who can elevate your game. If you're the smartest person on your team, you need to improve your team. And how do you do improve it? By you know reading books, getting around, going to seminars, workshops, and surrounding yourself around people who are smarter than you. What age were you when you uh, first started chess? I say about fourteen years old, and uh, like I said, I've been in this game for about thirty-five years. And what is the appropriate age to introduce a child to chess? Well, I trained a kid last week in my camp. She was only four years old. And she is wow. good. So I, I say four to 104. Okay, four to 104. That's reasonable. And uh, what what actually is happening in the brain when you're raising a child with chess? I'll repeat that question again. What is happening in the brain? What cognitive activity is happening when you're teaching chess to a child? Well, I think the light bulbs are going off. You do an MRI on somebody that's learning chess and you got a lot of activity. You're doing an MRI on somebody that's playing chess and no activity, but if you do the chess MRI, it's probably lit up like a Christmas tree. I think chess stimulates the brain and teaches you that there are consequences for your moves and to recognize patterns. Once you know the pattern, you can plan, prioritize, position, and predict so you can prevent pretty poor performance so you can prosper. So chess teaches you how to recognize patterns and how to seize the moment. And, and for instance, my son is turning four tomorrow, so I'm obviously very intrigued with that age you picked to introduce a child to chess. What what would a parent do to get them involved with you or to teach them the fundamentals? Well, we uh, we got a free workshop this weekend, June 17th from 10 to 1 at Stonecrest Mall in Atlanta. And we do stuff on the Internet as well. And I have a book out called One Move at a Time. So we're, we're very accessible to the Internet, and we're willing to share what we know so we can help other people win because if others win we win and it's not over until we all win because we all are one and we need each other now you are you going to do this uh event facebook live by any chance am i going to do a facebook live yes uh you know what we may consider that uh i never really did a facebook live during a training but hey you know who knows we may can consider it if i get some volunteers that can help me put that together I may consider doing that. Well, I, I know at least uh, Gita and uh, Joyce, myself, and I, I think I can even speak for Shelly, that we'd be excited to actually support the live part of it because this is a great message about teaching problem-solving and critical thinking. When you, when you teach kids to, te- uh, to think cognitively about solving problems, they use their mind instead of their fists to, to resolute issues. 
brains before bullets, think it out, don't shoot it out, and ma- mainly to be a giver, not a taker. You know, you cannot get arrested for uh, giving. You only can get arrested for taking. So we're teaching children to give first, give second, give third, and walk away because the word love means to give without expecting anything in return. I totally agree. I agree with you. And I guess the question I would have for you is, in the school that you were attending, was there of violence or any type of uh, problems that were happening at school and then the chess club helped resolute some of that? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm, my house has been shot into. I mean, it's been a lot. I mean, I, I live in a bad neighborhood in Birmingham, Alabama, Birmingham Housing Project, Avondale Tom Brown Housing Project. And, you know, shut my house was shot into it. And so I, I've been... I, you know, I've been through a lot, so, uh, you know, I just think, I bet you, I bet you the bullet hole where it hit the metal steps are, is still in the house. Uh, it's still in that house because they probably never can get that metal, that, that big dent out of there. And, you know, they probably just painted over it. But, yeah, so that's probably still there. But, yeah, so I've been, been through uh, so a lot of violence. And I think once the kids started playing chess, they, they're so busy playing chess, they didn't have time to, get into the, some of the bad stuff that we used to do. And I know I'm I'm a former gang member and basically was just doing what I was told. They said, do this, you do it, do this, you do it. And my teacher told me that I was following a follower, that I need to be a leader. And chess teaches you how to be a leader. So I thank God for James Edge who taught me how to think for myself and not just follow the follower. I had talked to you earlier before in the show about if you watched movies and you would shared with me that movies kind of empty your brain. Tell me about your philosophy about that. Well, movies are good as long as you pick some good ones. You know, if it's shoot them up, you know, that's a different story. But, I mean, shoot them up I don't like. But if it's something that can inspire you, that can teach you to dream, teach you to move forward, teach you, like, for an example, the movie The Ten Commandments, I love it. You know, I love The Ten Commandments because they said, let's kill Moses, blame Moses for this. No, we ain't blaming Moses. You know, sometimes people will give you, everybody in your camp is not in your corner. And sometimes people, you know, that movie is good. You know, so I don't mind you watching movies just as long as it's not violence and as long as it's making. Now, sometimes I'm okay, I mean, okay with violence a little bit if it's the bad guy that's getting beat up, you know, because I love, I love being good to people. I love the good guy and I love to promote, you know, being good to people and serving people and, and you know, brains before you know, bullets, you know, think it out, don't shoot it out. So my method is peace instead of violence. Well, there's a lot of movies about chess, and uh, I'm very inspired by those movies, especially the ones where uh, the kids are not believed in and the kids are taught to think and then their scores go up and their uh, dreams become more realized. Do you have a a favorite movie you've watched about chess? Yeah. Yeah, The Queen of Cotway, a Disney movie about a girl who was about 10 years old, give or take maybe nine years old, getting 10 years old. But she uh, learned chess, and she came from a very poor neighborhood in Uganda and was able to uh, purchase her mom a home and able to win uh, a lot of tournaments, became a chess champion. So chess turned her life around, and chess turned my life around because chess is a perfect metaphor to teach people that you win or lose based on the decision that you make. And don't play the blame game. Play to win. You're born with everything you need to win the game. You have your mind. You have your ability. You have your talent. And you have time. Uh, well, since I have seen a couple of movies, 
I, I didn't see that particular one, so I will do that. But what do you think about the movies about Bobby Fischer? And, and yeah, that was a good, great movie, too. It was a real good movie because the kid was so humble that he had an opportunity to win, but he he offered his opponent a draw, and the opponent said no, and uh, he ended up losing. So the kid was humble, and he offered him a draw, and the kid said no, and he did it. So, you know, no one likes a bully, so be good to people. Uh, when I was a state trooper for seven years, I... I always wanted to treat people like, you know, the most important person in the world because we all are equal and um, and that power is an illusion and that if you treat everybody you meet like the most important person in the world, you'll never make a mistake again in your life. And how about our friend Magnus Carlson? What do you think of him? I got a chance to meet Magnus a couple of times. I met him in India and I met him in New York. So he's a good guy. He just recently won the championship in New York. And the beauty of him winning the championship uh, in December, I mean November last year, is that he sacrificed his queen to win a million dollars. Now, granted, most people would look at that position and never thought to put their queen on an empty square where it could be taken with a pawn or or his king, and either way, the game is over. He wins. But most people would have never even considered that move. And that's how life feels. Sometimes you've got to give her your most precious resource to win what you need to win. And that's what he did. Very powerful, teachable moment. Yeah, I thought the documentary movie was absolutely uh, beautiful and ingenious. Uh, When he played India's Viswanathan Anand, and I I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but uh, Geeth will at least appreciate that. He's, he was considered uh, the world's best chess player, and he was from India. And Yeah, Vishy Anand, and I was at that tournament when they played. I was there, I met Anand, I met, um, I met um, Martin Carson. Yes, I was there at that event. But, yeah, it was a great event, and uh, I flew about 24 hours to get there, so it took me a long time to get there. But it was a beauty, beautiful uh, event, and... Uh, and like I say, you know, you, to, to be the best, you got you got to beat the best. And Magnus Carlsen was able to beat Avishy Anand, and and I think Mike Magnus is a uh, is a real force to be reckoned with. He's he's really really good. Well, I, the the documentary really portrayed Anand as uh, a person that had memorized every single, uh, I, I guess, move and and way of strategy that you could possibly put on the table. And so Magnus actually had to disrupt that by doing unorthodox stuff that had never been seen before. Right, right. And that's how I beat Ponis. You know, in order to beat someone, you have to do something they don't understand. And and when they understand it, it's too late. Otherwise, they'll stop what you're trying to do. So that's how you win. You know, you got to outthink the competition, and you have to finish on top. Totally agree. So that, that movie was something I saw recently, and I was I was just blown away by that. So let's talk about uh, the event you did at LeaderCast. You were taking on numerous people at the same time. Uh, describe the audience what you were doing. Cause, uh, well, I, I played 10 people simultaneously, but I played more than 10 because when someone would lose, someone else would sit down. So I probably played about 30 people simultaneously because I beat somebody and somebody else would sit back down. And it never stopped. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. So it was all good. Yeah, so just playing people simultaneously. I was blessed to be, to go undefeated, although uh, one Chinese guy almost got me, but but I was able to hold him off. 
and I, I held him off, and then he collapsed. He just made one move and just 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 cascade. But he had he had some he had some good chances, but he kind of like um, made one move and everything fell apart. But yeah, it was it was a great uh, great uh, leader cast event. I got a chance to meet Tyler Perry, and so uh, God was good. How hard is it to beat you in chess? How hard is it, is it to beat me? Yeah. Uh, I I would say you have to have a lot of experience to beat me. Ain't no regular person gonna beat me. You, you have to you have to you have to play at least you know several thousand games for you beat me. Ain't nobody gonna you ain't gonna be ain't no regular dudes gonna beat me. So I mean, but at the same time, I, my life is not about chess, chess, chess. My life is more about character, teaching children to be givers, teaching children to serve people, teaching children to be humble. When I was a state trooper, I never lost a case. Why? Because everybody, I, if I wrote you a ticket, it was so cut and dry. I promise you, I ain't losing it in court. Because I ain't writing nothing that's borderline. Hmm. I stopped this BMW one time, and I said, Mr. Jones, I'm not going to write you. He said, why? I said, there's another black BMW, and I'm not sure which one I clocked. So you free to go. You see that one up there, road? I don't know which one I clocked. I clocked the black BMW, and when I get up there, there's two BMWs. I said, you pulled over, and I'm just going to tell you I'm not writing you because I'm not sure which BMW I clocked. So you got to treat people like is you because that person is you. Uh, that's a wonderful point. Uh, the guy said, it was me. Oh, no, I don't know that. You really go, I'm not sure. So you really go. So you got to just treat people like it's you because that person is you and power is an illusion. I totally agree with you. So what, what books do you read to keep your mind sharp? You know, I love the book. I love the Bible. Uh, you know, my Bible has 66 books in it. That's amazing. But then I like other books like... Um, uh, let me see here. My buddy wrote a book that I like. Um, I just, I mean, I have so many books. How do you make a selection from such an abundance? Thinking Grow Rich stands out in my mind immediately. And I think Thinking Grow Rich is mentioned every single event we, every show we have. I think we've always had books mentioned. That's fun. Yeah, that's a good book because it's got principles in it, and people need to follow those principles. And you know, I, I love it because it's like the it's like the foundation for all the other things. And then I like I love me some Earl Nightingale. I love me some Jim Rohn. And Brian Tracy is amazing. And my good friend Jack Canfield has a book called Success Principles. I love that book as well. So I have a lot of mentors who has really elevated my game. And I'm standing on the shoulders of a lot of great people. And I just thank God for Dwayne's comments. He has a book out, too, called, I think it's called The Sensational Salesman. I can't remember what the name of it, but it's a great book, too, about integrity and making the right moves. But, yeah, well, you'll have a, to, I, I love to read and love to kind of keep abreast of what's going on. Well, you have to reach out to Dwayne Cummings because it wasn't for Dwayne Cummings inviting us to the leader cast. I don't think we'd be on this radio show together. Um, he was uh, He was really awesome and making us feel at home and uh, obviously Gita got to support you in your arena of taking on 30 people uh, I have two questions for you one is uh, do you play tournament chess have you competed uh, yeah. on a, on a national about level two years ago I competed about two years ago uh, in Vegas and I was blessed to win a little money so God is good 
But uh, I really don't play like that. Uh, I just played to support my good friend Maurice Ashley. He's the first African uh, grandmaster. It was his tournament, and I just showed up to kind of support him. I uh, didn't get much sleep because I had to fly from D.C. to L.A., and I had two minutes when I landed to get to my first game. So mm-hmm. I was there my first game late, but I was able to still win a little money, and uh, God is good. So I tell people all the time, what I'm doing is really not about the chess aspect more. It's more about teaching children to be givers, teaching children six magic words. They all start with a T. Take time to think things through. Six magic words, they start with a T. That's what I'm all about. Take time to think things through. Why? Because you can make one move in life and never recover. You pull a gun on someone, your life is over. Don't do it. Think, take time to think things through. Is this true? Is this honest? Is this the best move I can make? Make every move your best move. And I noticed that you had said uh, when you were uh, mentioning a lot of authors and books that you didn't share Malcolm Gladwell. Have you read his books? Yeah. yeah, Michael. I have his books, too. Uh, I think I have the Blink book, and I have another book by him. Yeah, and well, I like Outliers. It. Outliers kind of speaks to your your point of you're only going to lose to someone who hasn't played enough games because they don't have the experience, they don't have um, they don't, they don't have the um, mindset that they have overcome enough of the different challenges. Right. I tell people all the time, I'm the king of failure. I've lost more games than anybody on the planet. So what that means is I've lost a lot of games, and I get a kick out of losing because when I lose, I learn. So I I, I celebrate failure. And I tell people all the time, failure is weakness leaving the body. The more you fail, the stronger you get. Totally agree. So I wanted to uh, let Gita, since she worked with you that day, uh, share her experience as well as ask you a question. Gita, go ahead. Absolutely. Um, I just I, I was amazed by watching Arden that they play 10 people at the same time. And then after that moment the other person got up, there was just another person sitting back then he was on the game. So how do you do that? How, how do you go about uh, playing some, some amazing games if, if with every person who is sitting right in front of you? Well, you look at the board. You, know, you look at the board. You see the pattern. You make a move. Once you see the pattern, you can plan, prioritize, you can position and predict. Two, four, six, eight, certain time traffic back up, certain time there's no traffic, 280 days to have a baby. If it's a three, it's American Express, four Visa, five MasterCard, six Discover Card. Once you know the pattern, you already know what's coming next. So I look at the port, I see the pattern, I make a move. I go to the next one, I look at the board, I see the pattern. Once you know the pattern, you already know what's coming next. See, pattern recognition allows you to plan, prioritize, position, and predict so that you can pre- prevent pretty poor performance so that you can prosper. And you can prosper because you know what's coming next and you see the end before he even sees it. I think Kita has one more question for you. Go ahead, Kita. I do. I, just, I, was, I was just intrigued by this. Um, you have a foreword from Jack Canfield. How did that happen? Is there, is there any... Um, amazing story so behind Jack, that. Jack, I was Pardon? at one of Jack's conference, and I asked him, would he please autograph my, I'm not autograph, but would he re- please write the forward for a book I'm working on? He said, I don't have time to write your forward, or I get this question a lot. 
I said, well, but he did want to challenge me. I said, okay, well, I, he said, I want to challenge you because I understand you. I mean, I play, this is what I, I play this game. I play this game all the time. And I said, well, I, I said, if I beat you, will you, will you write the form? He said, yeah, if you beat me, we, we, we'll work some out if you can beat me now. He said, I'm pretty good now, so I think I'm going to be good on that. And so I was blessed to be able to beat Jack Canfield. And so he said, well, I guess I got to write the forward. <laughs> well, he, so he wrote you know the what? forward for me. So Jack has been really good to me. I just, I just thank God for Jack. He's, he's awesome. Well, I think what uh, Gita would like to ask next, and I'm just going to uh, take a stab at this, is if she has a book coming out about gratitude, and I think she wants to ask you, would you beat Jack one more time just so he'll write a forward for her book? <laughs> yeah, I probably can. I probably can beat Jack one more time. And we probably can, we probably can twist his arm and make him do something. Yeah, probably could do that. Jack is really a good guy, and he's been good to me, so we make him, we make him work something out. Oh, so thank you. Love that. <laughs> so what's next for you this year? What's your big move what, this year? What's next for me is that I'm speaking at the National Speakers Association uh, for for the youth conference uh, coming up in July. I think it's July the 10th. I'm speaking in Orlando, Florida. And so I'm going to uh, Florida for, for a few days for the conference. I think the conference is about six days long, four or five days long. So I'm going to that. I'm doing a free week, a boot camp. I'm doing a free workshop this week um, at the Stonecrest Mall at uh, the Holiday Inn Express uh, this Saturday, which is June 17th. And June 19th, June 19th to the 23rd, I'm doing a, a leadership boot camp, a five-day leadership boot camp. You're a busy man. So I, I guess the big question before our break, how does, how does one actually improve their chest how, what's a hack on how to improve your chest and, and do better? The best way to improve your chest is to learn from the masters. Watch other people play. Uh, find out why he did that move, why he delayed gratification. See, well, I made a move the other day in chess, and I had an t- opportunity to win a queen. And I said, I don't want the queen. I'm going to delay gratification. And I delayed gratification, made some moves over here, and I came back later and got the queen. But I show children how to delay gratification and how to, you know, don't do the first thing that pops in your head. The first thing that pops in your head is usually not the best move. It's, and so when you think it through, it's, it's a better move. And so the best way to learn is learn from the masters, come to my boot camp, watch other games, and learn from people before you. Watch what other people did, find out why they did it so you can get the, the, the bottom line and the principles behind it. But the best way to learn is to surround yourself around people who can show you some moves. So I take it that the same things you'd advise in chess would be applicable to life is follow the people. Right, that right. I mean, I have a mentor. His name is Bill Maddox. And I'm going to be totally honest with you. This guy is so brilliant that he wrote a press release for me one time, and the news media go, who wrote this press release? Whoever it is, we can't afford him. <laughs> they said, whoever wrote this, we can't afford him. It's <laughs> like... So he's that good. I mean, the guy is off the chain, and I just you got to get around people who can elevate your game, so it makes you better. Well, how can people get your book, and how do people follow you? The best way to get my book is beSomeone.org, and the best way to follow me is I'm on Orin Checkman Hudson on Facebook. I'm not. I'm somewhat of an eight-track man when it comes to Twitter. I'm looking for volunteers who can uh, elevate my game in that area. But the best way to reach me is beSomeone.org. 
and be someone.org and I'm, I'm Oren Check Manhattan on Facebook. Well, Oren, thank you so much for sharing your moves with us. And I thoroughly agree with all the strategies you had for not only chess, but in life. And uh, you're an awesome person. I was really a pleasure to meet you at LeaderCast. And we look forward to supporting you from this point forward. You have been amplified. We're going to go to break for a couple minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. How is your company's marketing plan? Could it use a little help? For most businesses, the answer is yes. Tune in each week to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Host Janet Kunst and her guests will show you how and where to bring your marketing to the next level. Each show will feature action strategies that you can implement right away and see results. We'll make this easy for you. Start by tuning in every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Well, that was a great first segment with Warren Checkmate Hudson. I was really intrigued by his topic of chess and the application of one move at a time to be in life strategies. And we're about to bring Shelly Hunt on the, the program right now. So Shelly and I have run in each other a couple of events in L.A., red carpet events, and I am so excited that she was able to take time to share her wisdom and the mover and shaker that she is. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to tell you right out of the gate, this is going to be an exciting segment, so hang on, seatbelt up, and get ready for a ride. Gita, would you please share the bio for Shelly? Absolutely. Shelly Hunt is the founder and CEO of the Women of Global Change, Success is by Design, Remake My Life, LLC, and other multiple companies. Shelly is honored to have received the Lifetime Achievement Award from the White House from Barack Obama. And I'm really so honored to receive and give a big shout out to our dame, Shelly Hunt. Welcome. Welcome so much. Thank you. Hi. It's good to be here. Well, thanks for taking time to be on our program, Amplified. We really do cherish uh, people like you because 
you are not only a person that we like to amplify, but you're an extraordinary leader that is actually shaping the world to be a better place, inspiring people to really have the answers to take on life in a full force way. Well, thank you. I try. You know, I think that the journey is how can you be better today than we were yesterday, I, you know. I think the, the competition is just competition of self to be better. Because I, I believe this is a soul journey, and this is earth school, and here we go. <laughs> so when did it all start for you, Shelley? What was uh, the, uh, looking back, what was the time in your childhood that gave you kind of uh, the inspiration to be the person you are now? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, well, I've been around human potential and... Um, that industry for a long, long time, since I was about six years old. So, um, you know, I really got um, that there is, you know, I got my side of humanity, and I think I came in that way. You know, I think I came in going, I want to do something in the world, and I think we all do. It's just sometimes, you know, not identifying it, because I think everybody knows their purpose, but stepping into it fully. And, um it was real interesting. So I was raised in the human potential industry from the time I was six years old. I was around everyone from Bob Proctor to Tom Height to um, Alan Dorman um, to a whole group of human potential leaders. I was the only girl and I was the only child. And, um, you know, about the time I was 20 years old, I said, okay, I, I get win-win. I get humanity. I get that I'm here for a bigger cause. However, I live in this three-dimensional planet that has systems, and I need to be able to make money to be able to play bigger in the world. And so I went into business strategy. I understudied some really incredible mentors, and I know your, your previous guest, that was one of the things he said, and I loved it because it was like, absolutely, you don't have to do this alone. Find someone. Find someone that you can learn from. And so, you know, I went and I understudied Warren Buffett. I understudied a whole bunch of different people who were financial gurus and businesses because I said, I want to own a business. And my mom had never owned a business. I grew up, you know, as a small child under a house in, in Boston, Massachusetts, one pair of shoes at a time. And so I really couldn't go to her and say, how do I start this business? And everyone was on, you know, the causal wagon of change the planet. And I was on... I want to go own a handful of businesses. I want to figure this out so that I can serve more. And um, so I got into the business world and I understudied some mentors and then kind of, I want to say married the two with the Women of Global Change, where I went, I want an educational and business network that creates change and bigger things out there for our community and ourselves and the world and that we get to play bigger together, um, you know, and, and I said, okay, the, you know, as an entrepreneur, and I am an entrepreneur, so many times we feel like we have to play alone, and yet to create an organization or to create things bigger, not only do you have to be a leader of self, but you have to be a leader of others, and so, um, you know, I think, and I figured it out the other day, and, you know, we've touched about over 50,000 children's lives. And what's funny is I've never stopped to really think about it until the other day. And, uh, you know, part of it is very surreal to me, Ken. I'm, I'm you know, I, I play in Hollywood, as you know, or I play in media. So 
but I don't play in media because of the fancy dresses or though I do like them, but, um, you know, um, or any of that. It's really because press and media is really to be able to shine a light on the causes that you stand for and the things that you want to do out there in the world and that, you know, it's okay for you to be able to um, stand in who you are and in your business, and, you know, one of the biggest things I'm doing right now is I'm, I'm doing this book with Bob Proctor that I named, and it's called Those That Serve Succeed. And I've really come to that conclusion that those that serve in business succeed, and that it's about value, you know, and it's about our experiences, and it's about our our growth, and then I'm just rattling on. I'm sorry, Ken. <laughs> well, no, that's totally cool. I, you're, you're getting all these questions to formulate in my head, and I saw a quote the other day. I'm not going to do complete justice, but if, if a business doesn't serve the public interest, then it's not a business that's going to survive, and so that's, that's kind of the idea you're yeah. sharing, right? Well, and, I think what, it's very true. I think it's very true. If, you know, you want success, find a need and fill it, you know, Um and if you need it in your life, other people need it in theirs. And then, you know, I think that a, a lot of times people stop themselves because they say, okay, well, I don't know how to do this or I don't know how to do that. However, nobody knew how to do anything in the very beginning. Right. <laughs> so let's just, right? I mean, none of us did. You know, it's one of the things, the Women of Global Change, we're coming out with a program called The Gateway right now. And The Gateway puts women into business for themselves in 48 hours. And so now we have some of the government entities that are looking at it going, are you kidding me? Holy smokes, you're making these businesses. And I was like, yes. And I go, and some of the businesses will stick and some won't. However, I had no idea of the steps I had to take for branding, marketing, um, logos, distribution, legalities, any of it. I had no idea when I started and I was kind of like fumbles the clown a little bit, you know, in learning and really absorbing from different mentors. And, you know, so I, I packaged this thing that puts them into business. I go, even if my, like my first business, my first business didn't make it that well. It made six figures. It didn't break boundaries. However, um, I learned the process. And business is business, whether if it's a widget, shoes, or a food service, or I mean a food, whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. Business is business. And so understanding the principles and certain things of business can be applicable to all different services and products. And that's what I really came to realize and was really exciting to me. <laughs> so, so what is the process? Um, well, part of the process is... You know, I can't, of course, I'm not going to go down the entire process, but it is truly in 48 hours. How do you put yourself on the map? You know, one of the things that we do is when we play with press and media, we come out with press and media, and we guarantee a minimum of national exposure on major networks. And it's because we've just developed these things. And one of the keys to it, and people don't understand, is cause and the things that you stand for. I'm, I'm very big on social impact and business social impact, and I think that the world is too right now. And, you know, Agreed. understanding where the world is at right now and where marketing trends are at and where, and I do things internationally, 
And so, you know, and the, and the beauty of international is when one country is at one point, another country is at another point. So when one market is saturated, another market might very well and most likely will be ready. And so, um, you know, it's being able to go in and being able to shine in what you do. And, you know, of course, there's always got to be, to me, alignment, you know, between head, heart, and source. And then magic happens, you know. Um, You know, every day I pray every morning. And I say, please, Lord, let me hear and let me respond with less lag time. And so it's one of those things where I'm, I sometimes just go <laughs> and um, intuitively just go. And I think that we get messages all the time and we hear, but we don't always respond. And I think that sometimes, because I, I, I'm out there in the world a lot and I see a lot of people talk themselves out of it and they haven't even opened their mouth. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I was uh, curious when you said that you get national exposure for people. Uh, that, that was what you did mm-hmm. say, right? Yes. Okay, absolutely. so I'm so glad you said that because in my game of amplification and we're at an event and someone's speaking on a stage and we get them the more exposure on social media, it's really social proof. And what you're doing, you correct me if I'm wrong, is you're getting a national exposure because they have the right message that needs to be heard by more people and the more people that hear it can actually engage and become fans and clients. Is that correct? Well, that is correct. But the foundational process has to be laid, too. And so, you know, a lot of people go, I want to be on a stage, or I want to be here, or I want to be there. And I'm like, okay, that's all great. But if you don't have a place to catch money or to, if you don't have a corporate structure set up, then you know what? It's going to fall flat. And after a while, you're going to be looking for the next gig and the next gig and the next gig. And I'm like, that's kind of a... Um, a, a short call to success, okay? And so I think that, you know, one of the things of being able to, like you're saying, utilize um, exposure to the foundation that has been laid for products and services and other places for people to land is really important. Really important. You know, right. I, I met some people that, you know, when Oprah was in her big heyday, on CBS, and they said, oh, and she put me on her show, and oh, my gosh, they made, you know, $1.3 million, and two years later, I was living in my car. Help me. And I'm like, what? And, you know, I really have had taken a look at some of that stuff and went, okay, so it was short-lived, but you've got to use your foresight of what's next, what's next, what's next, and where am I leading people? And where am I serving people? And what else do I have that can serve? And where else can I place this that it can serve? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like uh, watch what you wish for if you get an, uh, an opportunity to be on Oprah's show. If you're not ready for that show, <laughs> you just lost yeah. the biggest opportunity. Exactly. I understand. Well, I want to make sure yeah. people are, uh, are knowing that they can go to our Facebook Amplified page and type questions there, and Joyce White Nelson, who is an up-and-coming author for uh, Shift, she is going to be making sure those questions are relayed to Gita and myself so we can ask them to you. Uh, so what is the, what's the book that you created out of this? I'm sorry? What, which book did you write? Oh, 
I wrote Those That Serve Succeed. That is one that is just coming out right now um, with myself and Bob Proctor. I have a trilogy. I have four books coming out this year. So wow. I have Those That Serve Succeed. And then, and a lot of people that have read it, uh, Bill Gladstone is my agent, um, my literary agent, and also Bob. Um, one of the things that the feedback is that it's a modern think and grow rich, but totally different, but a lot of principles, which is kind of cool. I was like, wow, that's kind of, because I read Think and Grow Rich every day. <laughs> I come through and I pick a chapter. Um, but I have three other books, and it's a series, The Faces of Feminine, and it's um, the, the Power, the Business, and the Spirit. And it is geared for women, and it's about, um, the first one is about the power, how we embrace the totality of who we are as women and all of the facets of ourselves, because we are the lover, we are the Joan of Arc, we are the nurturer, there's all these sides to us. And we have a tendency to adopt one side and neglect the rest, and it's kind of like, how do we live full out as a woman? Um, The Business is a book that actually has... Um, women's stories about them breaking boundaries and breaking borders in regards to making money, in regards to business. And they're from women all around the world, some that were very oppressed and um, some that were not. And it has everyone from movie stars, actresses, to um, CEOs and business owners and, you know, some really big business names in there, which is really cool. And then we have The Spirit, which is, much more um, about connecting heart, head, and source, if that makes sense. <laughs> it does. Can people pre-order this book? They can. Absolutely they can, yes. And where is that? Um, they can just go to the womenofglobalchange.com. So either womenofglobalchange.com or they can go to successisbydesign.com. Or they can just look me up. Shelly Hunt, S-H-E-L-L-I-E, Hunt, and they'll find me (laughs) or one of my companies. You said you were six years old and you were in the presence of Bob Proctor and Alan Dorman. Is that correct? Yes. How did that happen? Um, Well, I was asked to um, go to California, and I had gone to California because I was asking questions about energy that, my family really didn't get at the time. I was asking questions, you know, um, just about energy and light and soul and all that kind of stuff. And my family went, huh? We, we, they had no idea at the moment. And so, um, you know, I had met these gentlemen and they had an idea. They were like, wait a minute. She's kind of one of us. And so they took me in. I was taken to California. I attended a what was termed as the group who did the first Millionaires Conference. And this was, oh, my God, years ago. (laughs) (laughs) And then you graduated to being the lead mentor of the Billionaire Adventure Club? I did, yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, I I mean, it's one of the things. It was very funny because um, I've always done community service work. I've always felt like somebody reached out their hand to me and I got out from under a house and, that it was my obligation to reach out my hand to others, you know, I think to those that much is given, much is expected. And I, I have a lot of gratitude for things in my life. And that's one of my other things every day is 
I have gratitude when I wake up and, and I fill with gratitude. And, um, you know, I, I traveled a lot to a lot of third world countries and saw a lot of stuff. And um, one of them was when I was with the Billionaire Adventure Club and I'm teaching and traveling around. Um, and they came after me for business teaching, of course, um, you know, because I've, I've worked with some major corporations. And, um, you know, I started to say, I want to get out of my hotel. I want to go see how the people really live. And um, the next thing I knew, I'm in, you know, the backwoods of the Nile in Egypt and watching children wash in water while species and bodies float by. And I said, oh, my gosh. And then I started, to, like, going into other places in the world. And um, matter of fact, I just got back from India. And uh, the poverty is so was pretty extreme dream there and if you figure it's 1.2 billion people because this is how my mind works and I go that's one out of seven on the face of the planet these children that I see are like one out of seven and the adults you know that are in food lines or you know um, so I, I just went on a mission I just went on a mission to gather some of the world's really incredible leaders whether it was Les Brown or Bob Proctor or any of the people that I've been really blessed with as mentors um and made them go into third world countries and do business conferences with me and make them also serve um, in service projects. And so, you know, now this, like our White House thing, we got another White House thing. This is our fourth year in the uh, row, fourth year in a row, to be recognized by the White House. And, you know, a lot of that stuff is very surreal to me because when you operate with a cause, that is bigger than self, magic happens. And the magic in you gets fired up. And when your magic gets fired up, other people feel it. And other people want to be a part of it. And it fires up their fire and their light and their magic. And then we get to create things bigger together than we ever could alone. And that just really excites me, Ken. It does. And that, that to me is what it's all about. <laughs> yeah, you're getting real meaning and purpose in life, and you're leaving a legacy, and you're also teaching others how to live at that level. What was it like uh, to receive the Lifetime Achievement Award from Barack Obama, and what what was the deciding factor? How did you, I guess, It was win? very humble. It, it, no, you know, and it was so funny, you know. Um, the first time I got it, the, the Lifetime Achievement Award, and they said, okay, here, we're going to give you the Service Award of the Year for, you know, your country. And I said, huh? And um, I actually was kind of speechless. I, I had prepared some words and some things to say, and, you know, I got up there, and it just didn't feel right, and I said, I'm just going to speak from my heart. And, you know, I just... I see beyond borders, I see beyond language, I see beyond social class, I see humanity as a whole. And so, um, you know, for me to be recognized by my country was very humbling to me, you know, um, and we've, you know, had awards from the Senate and Congress and all this different stuff. And I'm telling you, it's very surreal to me because I don't really stop to recognize it. Like right now I'm 
I'm on to doing a service project in Jamaica for some children in Jamaica and doing a business strategy summit, you know, and I'm, um, I think it's surreal. You know, what's funny though, Ken, I did say to my mother with the first award, I said, you didn't see this coming from that 15 year old little feisty girl, did you? And my mom's like, no, actually I did. <laughs> and we laughed, you know. Because I, I was just feisty when I was a teenager, so it was pretty funny. My poor mom, I was like, oh, my gosh, thank God my daughter is not like I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the the word I've heard more this year than any other word is the word gratitude, and to have Gita uh, having gratitude walks. And you guys are both in Atlanta, right? Where, where are you oh, looking? I'm in Orange County right now. Okay, you're in Orange County, okay. So I, I know Gita is all about the gratitude walks, so we need to create a, a national gratitude walk for uh, that, that message really being heard and understood of the power that it brings to people. Oh, there's so much power in it. You know, it's like the Dalai Lama said, if you could take, if you could take every eight-year-old and have them meditate, the world would right. change in one generation. And I honestly believe if people had, you know, just five minutes a day where they just sat in gratitude how we operated would be different. We would not be in such fear. The world right now, with everything that's going on, you know, um, has chaos and there's fear and there's other things that are going on. And um, you cannot live in love and fear at the same time. And so, you know, gratitude is, is to me, a form of love. It is a form of thankfulness. And... It's very hard to be in that vibration and be in a fear vibration at the same time. You just can't do it. So we I operate could. differently with ourselves. When we're in gratitude, I operate differently with myself, with others. You know, I mean, it, it's just a whole different come from. Huh. Well, we're going to go into a rapid fire uh, right now, I think, because... Uh, I think the conversation is going to come to a close in about three minutes. So I'd rather learn as much as I possibly can it. from you. And I'm going to bring Gita in. So the idea of rapid fire is we ask a question as quick as possible and you answer as quick as possible so we can get to as many as possible. So okay. um, you had mentioned Mr. Alan Dorman. Who is he? Alan Dorman is, yeah, and that's Bernie Dorman's father. Yep. Uh, Bernie Dorman has CEO space, which is an entrepreneurial program. Um, that that's incredible for startup entrepreneurs and yeah so that's that's Alan. That's good. All right, Gita, go ahead. I just have one uh, question. One gratitude for today. What is your one gratitude for today? That I'm here and I can serve humanity one another day. And what is the quote you live by? And what was what? Sorry. A quote, a quote that you live by, a quote that oh, you share when you speak. Um, darkness, that darkness can no longer exist in the presence of light. However, when we all share our light, the world can help but shine. That's beautiful. I'm going to let Joyce come in. Uh, Joyce has the upcoming book, Shift, and I'm sure she has some great questions too. Joyce, go ahead. So we're going to go with the next question from me, which is what okay. is that book that will change your life? Um, the book that changed my life is Think and Grow Rich. I read it every day. It is one of my habits from um, Bob that, I, I mean, I'm loyal to reading it every day. 
Um, you know, and of course, I love some of the Napoleon Hill stuff. And then, of course, I have Terry Goodkind, which is the Sword of Truth, which is like my little fantasy series that I love, too, that actually has like in-depth messages inside these really cool stories. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. And uh, another quick question for you is, what are you most proud of? My daughter. I am most proud of my daughter. And I said, you know, for all of the work I do out there in the world that I give gifts and, and do things, my daughter is God's gift to me. And um, just, you know, she's just amazing. And I am most proud of her. All right. Well, we are coming to the end of this show. How can people follow you, Shelley? Um, they can find me at Women of Global Change. Uh, dot com and we do have men that play with us. You know, Bob Proctor plays with us. Les Brown plays with us. The list goes on. Bernie Dorman plays with us. There's a list of incredible mentors that play with us, both men and women. And also, um, success is by design. dot com. Well, I will tell you what. I want to play with you. I mean, the traveling you're doing to actually change the world. That's that's my complete belief that if you get, become more aware of what's happening in the world, you can actually make a difference in the world. So, Shelly, thank you so much for everything you do and to make our country proud to be a leader, author, speaker, and influencer. Uh, we are so excited that you are on the show, and we want to support you in every way we can in the future. You have been amplified, and God bless you. We'll see you next God week. bless you, too. Thank you, Ken. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashawn again next Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard.